breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Ready. One seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty in studio right now. Thomas Presley and Adam Bass, newly elected state senators. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you. Thank you very much. I know it's because you came in and we did the commercial here. Absolutely. And yeah, that's right. It's your uh, vocal talent. And that wasn't mine. It was you. <laughs> uh, Alan Seabaugh is on his way. He just pulled up. Yeah, he's so on the he's, way. In he's the going door. to join us as well. So con- just congratulations. Glad it's exciting to have you here. Y'all are going to be three new senators from our area. Um, first, I got to ask you, Adam, let's start with you because you're brand new to the legislature. Brand new. As you go down to Baton Rouge, what are your top three priorities that you see that the voters here have told you, you go fix this, Adam? Well, we talked about it a lot on the campaign. One of the first things that, that I think we need to attack. Welcome, Alan. It's good to see you. Thank you for being here today. <laughs> Um, the first thing we want to talk about, we talked a lot about tax reform, and I, and I know we've spent a lot of time on the campaign trail talking about that. We, we have an out-migration here in Louisiana, so we want to make sure that we can attract business and give those kids the opportunities that they need in order to stay here. Second, you and I were kind of talking about before we got in here, we need to really do something with uh, criminal justice reform. I know Alan and Thomas have both spent a lot of time on that also. But it's working so well. Yeah, leave it alone. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> is, is that adjusted for the curve for Louisiana or how does that go? Is that Not even for the curve, is it? Is it working? Well, we need, to, we need to spend a lot of time doing that. And, of course, infrastructure. I know a lot of people uh, have, have mentioned that every single time someone has run for office. But I, I'm very encouraged. Uh, we, we got an extra 30-day start uh, with, with Jeff Landry uh, getting over the line on Election Day, and as well as Thomas and Alan and myself. Uh, we, we've already got a Senate president, and so that's, that's Tell exciting. Tell us who that is, folks that may not know. Cameron Henry. He mm-hmm. came up and met with uh, a group of people yesterday. I know that each of us also got some time to spend with Cameron and... So, so we kind of get a head start on on ready uh, on being ready to go down and, and start to govern. So it's exciting. All right, Thomas, your your list of priorities very similar, I would assume. Absolutely. Um, are you excited that you will actually be able to get some things done now? I am very excited. You know, having been down there for four years, we were able to get some stuff done. Uh, but we obviously having a, a Republican governor with a supermajority both in the House and the Senate, um, we're we're excited. We're ready to run. Uh, and ready to move Louisiana forward, get Louisiana restarted. You know, the last time that Louisiana grew was, uh, comparatively to our sister states, was 1910 uh, in population. So that's really, uh, you know, you could blame the last governor, this governor, the governor before that. Um, but the truth is we've got to reset Louisiana. Um, and when you look at what happened in Florida, when they started putting policies, pro-growth policies in place in 1960, Louisiana and Florida were the same size in population in 1960. We both had 10 electoral votes. Today we have eight and they have 30. Mm. They have more but, beaches than we do, though. Yeah. You know. Sure, but I mean, <laughs> 60 years from now, if we put the right policies in place, no, we I can agree. grow 
multiples of so what we So you're saying right the now. population of our state hasn't grown since 1910? Comparatively to our sister states. So we've grown, but in comparison okay. to the rest of the country, I right? I got you. But you know what has grown bigger than other states? I bet. Our, our budget. budget. I knew it. Alan Seaball, I, I, I get so frustrated with this, and I, I've heard you with some speeches that, you know, they're, they're better at video games in DOTD than they are fixing roads. And uh, we have got to go in and do some sort of examination of how much money we're wasting. Is that at the top of your list? It, absolutely. It's, it's one of those things, if you look at the stagnation that we've had in state government, we've had the money the last couple of years, and we just haven't seen any of it filtering out, um, out outside of the, you know, maybe the Baton Rouge area. And look, one of the biggest changes going forward, for the last eight years, we've been playing defense. We've, we've had a governor who was out of control. We've had who's controlled the legislature to a large extent. Um, the last four years uh, is not how the legislature is supposed to work. Uh, the first couple of terms I was there, you could actually see it a little more efficiently. Um, it wasn't good, but, but I'm really, really looking forward to getting started next year and actually playing offense for the first time since I've been there. We can actually start fixing some problems. What we've been doing the last eight years is trying to stop John Bell from making it worse. And we could pass good things, and he would veto them all. And we, we only overrode a couple of vetoes. So the, the fact of the matter is, for the first time, we have a conservative House, a conservative Senate, a conservative governor with progressive policies that, that look at, and I don't mean progressive in the liberal sense, but with, with idea, changing things that different than Louisiana has always done. We're still in that Huey Long mindset Everything goes through Baton Rouge, and we've got to break that. We, we've got to we got to break that hold. And look, it's not going to be that easy because when you when we're going to try to eliminate the state income tax, but to do that, we're going to have to cut spending. We're going to have to tighten it up. Some of those dedications that people really really enjoy are going to have to come off the books mm -hmm. because some of that dedicated spending that that's really tying the hands of the legislature and, and preventing us from putting in policy in, in place some of the real reforms that we need are there and we're going to have to cut some of that and, and look we're, we're going to have to make some tough decisions it, it we're going to push it and we've got people ready to do the things that louisiana needs to do to join florida or texas as, as pro-growth states and yep. we can make louisiana business friendly we can make it attractive to people from out of state but it's going to take some tightening of the belt and making some tough decisions that are going to be very unpopular with some people. You bet. But with this supermajority now with a Republican governor, people are going to look back at this moment 10 years from now and go, what'd you do with it? Did you make sweeping changes? Did you make things better? So there's some, there's some pressure on you guys to actually work together and get things done. Oh, no doubt. And I think that the, the, the exciting thing is that we have the opportunities to to really make bold you. changes. Um, and I think, as Alan said, there are going to be some, some special interest groups that, that are benefiting from the way Louisiana's done things for decades um, that are going to be opposed to what's going to go on in, in the legislature and what's going to go on in Baton Rouge to try to fix Louisiana in the long haul. Um, and I think that that's really important. When you look at occupational licensing in Louisiana, for example, we have 103 identified low and middle income jobs and 77 of them in Louisiana require some sort of licensing from the state. 
It's incredible mm. how much that is holding Louisiana back and holding jobs and opportunities back from Louisiana people. Now, you guys going to hang with us for a while? Absolutely. We'll be Put here. a time to the chair. And Absolutely, we, yeah. Adam Bass, Thomas Presley, Alan Seaball, all in studio, Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710 Kill. We'll be right back after the break. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. And we are in studio with Thomas Presley, Adam Bass, and Alan Seaball, all newly elected senators. In uh, in what I'm 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 saying, this is an exciting time in the history of Louisiana. Coming in with a, a Republican governor, conservative, hopefully. He holds to that, and uh, some sweeping changes can be made for our state. I want to ask you all, and you can decide who's going to answer this. We feel kind of neglected in this part of the state, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been happening for a long time. Is that something y'all are more hopeful today that we can address? That all uh, You mentioned it, a lot of the money stays down in Baton Rouge. We need some problems addressed here. We'll start with you, I guess, Alan. Is that, are you hopeful? Yeah, I'm a, well, the, the bottom line is North Louisiana is never going to outvote South Louisiana. And there's just not as many of us. And, you know, you hear all the statistics, two-thirds or three-fourths of the states, I-10 or South. Um, so when I first got there, um, this was probably 2014, I actually formed a North Louisiana delegation. And I thought, what a great idea. There's a capital area. There's an Orleans Parish. There's a Cadiana. There's never been a North Louisiana delegation. So I started a North Louisiana delegation. So maybe we could get together and uh, vote together. And it, it actually got blocked in the Senate because there was a senator over there who said, I think this is just a plan for Shreveport to steal CenturyLink from Monroe. Oh, and wow. so when I realized Shreveport and Monroe can't even get together to form a North Louisiana delegation without infighting and suspicion, we have trouble. So I basically at that point I pivoted. And at that point, I realized I'm not going to get people to vote with me based on geography. So we switched to ideology. And so that's when we formed the conservative caucus, um, which works really, really well. Because right now what happens is we have members in, in Lafayette, in Baton Rouge, in New Orleans that may need help with a bill. And they can come within the conservative caucus and I will help them with the bill. And so then when, my, when, my, when I, I want to uh, recover Highway 174, in Sabine Parish, I have now have allies in other parts of the state who owe me one. And so we, we've cut across geographical lines through ideological lines, and we now have allies in all parts of the state. I know Thomas has done a very good job of reaching across uh, all parts of the state and making allies and friends in other areas. So when we go in there, we're not just the guys from Shreveport. We're the conservatives. We're, we're the, you know, whatever that, that, that bond is, we have allies. So I do think we're going to be fairly successful going forward. Um, and, you know, Adam's coming in new. But, in fact, I think Adam currently is the only freshman senator that's not a current House member. Oh, wow. So, so, okay. So he's literally the only guy who doesn't know where the men's room is. Big time. <laughs> big time rookie. Big, oh, and I know y'all will play some tricks on him, I'm but sure. We, but we are very confident that he's going to step right in and, and just knowing Adam's personality. And, and I think he's going to step right in and, and, and fit in. And, but again, geography is never going to win in North mm-hmm. Louisiana. We've got to find other ways to get to people and reach out and form coalitions. And, and Thomas and I have done a pretty good job of that over the last couple of years. And I know Adam's going to step right in. You know, years he, ago at Bossier High School, seniors used to sell freshmen tickets to use the elevators. And the freshmen <laughs> had to buy tickets. 
There, well, there were no elevators at Bossier High School. Well, there, there are elevators in the Capitol, but I understand the tickets are sold by raffle, and I'm not yeah. sure what, where I'm at in line, so I, I'm trying to figure that out. But, but to Alan's point, um, Thomas and, and Alan and I have all gotten together. We, we've really spent some, some quality time together trying to understand what we want to go down and accomplish. I, I'm, I'm excited, very excited with Jeff coming in and us coming in. Although I am the only one that is uh, a true freshman coming in, uh, he won't tell you that each of us uh, in the Senate are actually freshmen. So still some relationships to form, some, some alliances to make uh, in order to move that ball forward. To your point about North Louisiana, um, I, I do think, and, and you can drive around and see, there are quite, there's quite a bit of infrastructure that has, has gone uh, unfixed, unloved. You pick your, your word, mm-hmm. pothole uh, central, where you can make a gumbo in it. But, but I do think as we go down and we address those, I, I feel like Jeff has come up here quite a bit. Um, I also, Cameron has come up uh, as president of the Senate, first time I've seen that in quite some time. We've had a chance to drive them around and show them some of those needs. Telling them down there is one thing. Actually driving them around and showing them what those needs are, I think will make a big difference. And um, I, I know in Caddo and Bozier both, uh, Jeff carried uh, the vote by quite a, quite a large margin. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to his leadership. Mm-hmm. The big projects here, Thomas, uh, the Jimmy Davis Bridge, the I-49 inner city connector. Do you think having the, the Republicans in control will help speed those up? I sure hope so. I mean, the Jimmy Davis Bridge, we're, we are seeing uh, work honestly being done, finally uh, being done, um, and, and grateful for the entire North Louis- Northwest Louisiana delegation working together on that project. Um, I, I, 49 Intercity Connector, I think we've, we had a meeting last week. Um, that's another one that I feel like we're hopefully moving forward with and, and getting ready to uh, see cones on the ground and, uh, and move forward on that. But I think Adam and, and Adam, are exa- Adam and Alan are exactly right, which is, you know, it's the same distance from Baton Rouge to Shreveport as it is from Shreveport to Baton Rouge. Um, and we very rarely see legislators come up here. I think that's really important. When you, when you drive on I-49 and you actually see that the interstate ends, people don't know that. They don't understand until mm-hmm. you actually it's have them in the car with you. But we um, have a loop. The loop works great. No, no. <laughs> We got got, got to take a break. I want to ask you when we come back, what leadership roles you guys are going to have? What committees you're looking at? What are you What are you hoping you'll get assigned to down there? Coming up, some bacon. (laughs) Thomas Presley, Alan Seaball, Adam Bass, all in studio. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM, 710 Key. Back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. In studio with Alan Seaball, Thomas Presley, and Adam Bass, newly elected uh, Louisiana State Senators. One thing I do want to ask, I know you want to get to leadership positions, but, mm-hmm. you know, a, a big deal was made recently about, I think there were eight legislators that voted not to bust the spending cap. Mm-hmm. And they got some kickback. They got to okay. Now, it's not fair you kept talking when I had to leave the room and go get more coffee. I know. I'm sorry. So we now a, I don't know what we're doing. On our, well, we have on a real short, short segment here, and so I'm just going to we'll just do a real quick minute, yes or no, or, or one answer or the other before we take a break. Um, Adam Bass, new to the Senate, 
Uh, this whole region wants to know Saints or Cowboys? Cowboys. Oh, okay. sh- Presley? No, no, no. Know, you we got to evict him. Oh, my my dad told me a long time ago, not everyone has taste, okay? So just keep your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and you just demonstrated that. Thank yeah. you very yeah. much. All right, Presley. Can I take the 1995 Cowboys? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the 76, 77 oh. Cowboys. All right, Alan. Well, I'm Saints all the way. Okay, all right. he can stay. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, n- n- none of my children have ever seen the Cowboys win a playoff game, so I'm going to stick with. Oh, that hurts. You know, that's isn't that interesting? Ow. That hurts. We got to take a break. We're going to come back and talk about their leadership roles, what they're looking forward to when they get down to Baton Rouge. In studio with Thomas Presley, Alan Seaball, and Adam Bass, all newly elected senators. And if you have a question, uh, you can hit us up on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. You've got three newly elected senators right here. 1017 FM 7. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. In studio with Alan Seaball, Thomas Presley, and Adam Bass, newly elected uh, Louisiana State Senators. One thing I, I do want to ask, I know you want to get to leadership positions, but, mm-hmm. you know, a, a big deal was made recently about, I think there were eight legislators that voted not to bust the spending cap. Mm-hmm. And... They got some kickback. They got to, okay, you don't want to do, we're going to, we're going to hold projects from you. Uh, I hope that kind of shenanigans now with a supermajority and a Republican governor, we can look past that kind of crap, excuse me. Well, Anybody were, want to address? There, there were actually 19 of us. That 19. Voted, 19 of us and uh, 18 of the 19 were reelected. So um, it, it didn't really affect us too much. I know up here, uh, Raymond Cruz, Dodie Horton, myself, Rodney mm-hmm. Shammerhorn. I'm thinking, Daniel yeah, I was thinking more of a We were all reelected, um, and, and, and most of them, uh, you know, by landslides. So it didn't really affect reelection too much. Mm-hmm. It was only one kind of an anomaly in South Louisiana. But um, it, it's one of those things that I don't think you're going to see going forward. What you had there was the, the vindictiveness of a John Bell Edwards. Right. And the, he absolutely controlled the House Speaker and the Senate President. And that is not the way the legislature is supposed to work. I don't think you're going to see that going forward. Um, and, you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, at this point, I think all everybody in this room is allied with the current governor. I know we're allied with the current Senate President. And I don't think you're going to see that kind of thing going forward. It's not the way it's supposed to work. Because um, the fact of the matter is, in my Senate district, there's two cities that had water projects that were very important to the people mm-hmm. that got cut because their, their, their representative, not me, um, but their representative voted to bus, not to bust the spending cap, and so those projects were cut. And you're actually hurting people. I know in Chuck Owens' district, they right. cut money to a camp for disabled kids. Um, I mean, it was really not very well thought out. And again, that's not the way it's supposed to work. And I don't think you're going to see any of that going Well, through. I'm excited. I'm excited about this phase in Louisiana. And, and I'm excited about some economic development. But Aaron, you... Uh, leadership positions. Um, Alan, you've been down there a while. Um, are you hopeful you're going to get some, some juicy assignments? And then we'll ask each of you. Yes, I mean, the, the, you know, the fact of the matter is there's there, the, the, the two big plums in the Senate are revenue and fisc and um, finance. And that's the budget and then the tax committee. Uh, one does capital outlay, the other does the state appropriations bill. Um, I think we've all three asked for a spot on one of those two committees. And I feel pretty good about our representation. We, the Treeport has been fairly well represented in the past, but every everybody that we had on those committees is now gone. Yeah, we had Tarver on finance, correct? We had Tarver and I also had Barry Milligan mm-hmm. on finance. Um, and so w- what you had now going forward 
is you're going to have four freshman senators because uh, whoever wins to, to replace Greg Tarver is going to be a freshman. Um, so we're, we're all going to be freshmen from a, from a seniority standpoint, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're, you know, at the back of the pecking order. Um, we're, we're all, again, we all met with this new Senate president yesterday, and I felt very good about the meeting that I had. Um, and, the, you know, there, there's a possibility that, that, that one or more of us will be chairman of a committee. We're not going to be chair of finance, mm-hmm. but we may, may be chair of, a, of, a, of one of the smaller other committees, um, which is, you know, so, something that's fairly important. What are you and, hoping for, Thomas? Um, I'm, I'm hopeful for health and welfare. Um, I've served there for the last four years. And then, of course, one of the, the budgeting committees I would mm-hmm. love to be on as well. You know, I think it's so important that, that we have representation from North Louisiana and particularly Northwest Louisiana on those committees uh, for exactly the reason that you talked about earlier, which is that people need to know the projects that are important to Northwest Louisiana. But I also think it's important that we remember we're, we're trying to reform the state, right? So we're not looking for Baton Rouge to... Uh, for us to have a better spot to hand out and dole out money, we're looking for the opportunity to reform the state to move Louisiana forward for decades to come, which means putting more control in the hands of the locals and, and allowing the locals to take on some of the task and, and hopefully some of uh, reform of the tax system so that you're, you're putting more money in the hands of locals, taking more money away from the, the hands of Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important that we, we have a, a good representation from up here. As Alan said, we had two members of the uh, Finance Committee. Uh, I would love to, to fill one of those two spots. Um, and hopefully our region will continue to have um, those spots because it's so important that our region is represented on those important committees. And Adam? I asked for Revan Fisk. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a lot on the campaign trail. We talked about uh, tax reform. As Alan said earlier, if we were to repeal the state income tax, there's nine other states that have done that. All of them are seeing growth. One of the things I asked for that, that I didn't really see during the, the last four-year session, there's a select committee, military and veteran affairs. As far as my district, Barksdale is paramount. We want to make sure that they have everything they need uh, physically, from a legislative standpoint, anything we can do to make sure we support their mission going forward. It, it's huge for our area. Same thing with Fort Polk, uh, now Fort Johnson. Uh, big, huge military installations. They're doing so much for us. And with, the, with what's going on in the world right now, mm-hmm. being able to support them. And as you, as you, as you talk to Barksdale and, and what's important as far as the bombers and, and their missions and how they're flying and what they're doing and all those airmen, it's very important that we try to support them. So we, we had a long conversation about Rev and Fisk from a tax reform standpoint. We also had a long conversation about military and varied, veteran mm-hmm. affairs. So those, that's where I'm hopeful. We got a question on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. Uh, Bird Dog wants to know, will these guys advocate for a cap on insurance lawsuits? He says, I met with my insurance agent last week. My rates are going up. No accidents, no homeowner claims. Everything is bundled to take advantage of discounts, yet rates are going up. So he wants to know, do you advocate? And then he said, lawyer, lawyer, insurance agent, I don't have much hope. Whoa! Uh, uh, insurance right. attorney, insurance attorney, <laughs> yeah. insurance advocate. Yeah, you got three good guys. You got a lot of them. And, and the, 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 look, the fact of the matter is that's at the top of my list of priorities. Louisiana legislature has been dominated by billboard ambulance chasing lawyers for years. We've had one as governor for the last eight years, which is one of the reasons we hadn't been able to fix it. I mean, look, John Bell Edwards was a billboard lawyer before he became governor. Wow. And that's just a fact. That's why every time we passed anything, why does that, that was not surprise that me? was good because he's sleazy. Um, when you, anytime we pass anything that was going to try to fix it, it got vetoed or it didn't make it through the Senate. And, you know, the fact of the matter is they get their big judgments. 
They raise your premiums to pay their judgments. That is the problem. It's a hidden tax living in Louisiana, those high insurance rates. But they come with a lot of lobbying money. They They, they pile it on. And they spent $700,000 trying to keep me out of the Senate, and they're going to earn every penny of it. <laughs> uh, how soon will we see relief, guys? Mm-hmm. There's going to be an insurance session before the regular session. Okay. And that will help. I think Your it will help. Thomas, too? Yeah. Adam? Yeah. I, I think when you look at, at Louisiana, we're not unique in the South, right? I mean, we've, we've, and we're not unique in this country. Everybody has to have insurance on their cars. Um, everybody has to have property insurance. We've got to do more to make sure that we're following states that are working. It's, it's like everything else. When you're dead last on every list, it's not hard to find it's a policy that works better than ours. Um, I'm encouraged by having Tim Temple uh, as the new commissioner of insurance. I'm hearing a lot of, from a lot of my clients who are insurance companies saying a lot of the reason that our rates are as high as they are is because of internal rules in the Department of Insurance. Um, So I'm hopeful that we'll have a positive movement forward with a new uh, commissioner of insurance. I know the legislature is is very keen on this issue and something that we really want to address. And Adam? Well, and Thomas brought up something that was key. For the first time in a long time, we have somebody with industry experience that's going to be the commissioner of insurance. It's not an attorney. Um, You know, at one point, just an upgrade that we had somebody that didn't end up behind bars that was serving in that position. So the fact that we have somebody that with insurance experience that's going in there to to try and affect change for for bringing those rates down, and both of these guys are right. From what Alan said, those billboard attorneys, it, it truly is a hidden tax. Okay, and and what frustrates me a lot of times about Louisiana is it's like it has to be our idea or it's not a good one. We have several other states that are around us that are doing this well. Florida and Texas both doing it quite well. Both coastal states. So not everything that we come up with has to be our idea. And I'm an insurance nerd. I'm an insurance agent, as you said. I'm captive. The, the company that I represent pulled out of the state entirely in writing commercial insurance. We have a supply and demand problem, okay? Mm-hmm. Where the demand has stayed what it is, but we've had over 30% of the insurers that have either gone insolvent or pulled out of the state. And so if we don't have the right number of policies, yet demand stays the same, premiums are going to go up. What we have to do is be able to attract more policies in the state, which... Just like a widget, they're going to come in and try and buy the market. But you made a good point. We're not reinventing the wheel here. Mm-hmm. It's like our noise ordinance locally. Yeah. I'm like, it's if this somebody has already done it right. Let's look exactly. at what other people are doing right. Let's switch gears real quick before we run out of time. I don't know if you have to leave. Adam's got to go to Minden. So if you do, you just scooch. scooch. But I would like you to stay if you can. I'll untie you in a minute. Um, I got to talk about our roads. We've got, you know. Folks say we need to increase that gas tax because we got a $13 billion backlog. And are you guys confident you're not going to increase our gas tax while you're down there on your watch? We're going to find the money somewhere else? I'm confident I'm not going to vote for it. And, and I mean, I, you, you've got my speech I think you played uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, I hadn't backtracked on that at all. And, I mean, that we have the money. We ju- it's just a matter of spending it more correctly, spending it more smartly and funneling more money into DOTD under the structure we've had over the past eight or 10 years is not a very good idea. There's no confidence there. But the fact of the matter is we, we took a little bit of a step forward last year. And I, I feel very confident that the new head of DOTD under Governor Landry is going to be considerably more competent than what we've had over the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm comfortable. We, and what Thomas said before was corrected with lots of DOTD and everything else. you got to take it out of Baton Rouge and put it, give it more to the locals. Both of you also against a gas tax increase? I'm against a, a gas okay. tax increase. I am. Adam? Yes. Okay. And I, I want to ask uh, a message board says uh, constitutional carry. 
We're going to eliminate the need for a, a, a separate uh, carry permit? Well, we went over this quite a bit, and Alan demonstrated this, and so did I during the campaign. I can walk around with a gun on my hip now as long as it's open carry, okay? So, But, but all open of a sudden, carry can cause problems in itself. Well, but I, I, if I can do that right now, and I put this jacket on that I have on, no, no comments on what size this jacket is, okay, from you or You're not going to get one from me. You're not going to get one from me, brother. Okay, all right. Well, but all of a sudden, then I'm a criminal. And, and so I think it's very important, and we talked about it, I think each of us on the campaign trail, that we're both in, are all three in support of constitutional carry. And um, I, I'm not backing up on that from a campaign promise I made. Amen. I think that's something that's absolutely going to pass this year. It only needs a majority. Uh, we, we were a couple of votes shy of overriding the governor's veto a couple of years ago. One of the senators that voted no, I just replaced, and I, w I would not uh, vote in that, that way. But the fact of the matter is we only need a majority, and mm -hmm. we're going to absolutely have a majority, and that's something that will pass in 2024. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline. Joining us this morning from American Ground Radio, but also the uh, Cato Parish Republican Party Chairman Lewis R. Avalone. Good morning, Lewis. Hey, good morning, Mike. What an exciting day! What an exciting yes, day! I uh, first speaker of the house ever to be elected from the state of Louisiana. Mm. I, I don't know about you, but I watched the proceedings live every single vote uh, yesterday morning and uh, all the way through to him swearing, being sworn in and his acceptance speech. It was just it was just amazing. It, it certainly was. I, I did, too. And uh, his remarks uh, afterward, I thought. That is a statesman. But this is what we know about Mike, right? I mean, we we have known that about him for years, about his faith, about his commitment to his family and to his constituents. And so many have called him friend. And today we are honored to also call him Speaker of the House. Lewis, let me ask you a question that I'm more, I, I, a friend is, I consider Mike a friend and I have a concern. I does he have thick enough skin? I mean, does he know what's coming? Obviously, he has to, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and I think his faith certainly grounds him. But I think, again, in that position, I don't care who you are, regardless of the number of years that you have had in political office, mm -hmm. that is a daunting, unbelievable weight upon you. And it is... You're learning as you are going along. And if you don't know who you are, and that's what is so absolutely beautiful about Mike Johnson, he knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And so I think to the extent that he might be tempted or otherwise pressured uh, to do what many of us uh, you know, would hope he wouldn't, uh, I, I don't have any concerns whatsoever there. Uh, Lewis, you mentioned a moment ago, Mike, being a man of faith. And it's one of the things that I, I love about him. I, and I was talking to my wife yesterday. I said, this was, when you look at the vote and you look at the chaos that has ensued for the past two weeks, this was a God thing. 
There Absolutely. was not there was not one dissenting vote. The the show of unity that came together, two hundred twenty Republican votes all for Mike Johnson. You this is only can be attributed to God saying, This is the man I want right here, right now. And I know there's a lot of folks listening that are probably saying, you know, oh, right, of course. No, this is politics. No, I, I believe, as you do, Mike, this is a, a God-ordained Absolutely. appointment of Mike Johnson. It, God has blessed America again. And I know many people may say that's hyperbole. However, the chances of Mike Johnson becoming Speaker <laughs> of the House yes, not following the conventional path of mm. fundraising for 20 years and, you know, kissing everyone's you-know-what in order to get where he is, he is beholden to no one. And that gives me great hope, not just for the, for the Congress, but for our country. Absolutely. How, does, how does his life change now? I mean, I, I assume oh. he doesn't get to come back to Louisiana very much any, anymore. He's going to be busy pretty much year-round, huh? I think both for both for him and his family. You know, I was texting with him over the weekend and, you know, when yesterday I was thinking to myself, well, that's probably not going to happen again for a very long time yep. uh, because it's not just the rest of the country, you know, all of the other states in our, in our nation, but you're talking about countries now all around the world who are going to be reaching out to the number three man in, in our, our government. country mm -hmm. for his opinion, for a statement, for an interview. So, uh, you know, calling him up and listening to him on Mike and McCarty, uh, <laughs> it will happen, of course. Every now and then uh, we hope still. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, anyway, just terribly excited. And if you have any doubt that Mike Johnson was the right guy, that this was a, a God thing, just look at who he has upset, who it has upset that he is speaker. Look at Mitt Romney, who, you know, said, you know, apparently experience isn't necessary for the speaker job. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kind of guy you want to irritate uh, with an with a uh, speakership like that, because oh. that means you're you're right over the target. That means you're right on target. We'll be telling Mike Johnson stories later this morning because I have a good one later. But I want to ask you something that just rang so true to me when they're swearing him in he says you know he wanted to thank his wife kelly he said she couldn't be listen to what he said i know y'all heard it yes. she couldn't be here today because she couldn't get a flight do you know what most politicians would have done yesterday they would have rang up everybody they knew and said, get my wife on a private flight now. Or called the Air Force and said, said get her up her here. Fly her in, get her here. Mike didn't pull those strings. He didn't ensure that Kelly would be there. He just said she couldn't get a flight. That, to me, tells me everything I want to know about Mike Johnson. The humility Johnson. of the man. Yeah. Yes. His wife missed the biggest moment of his life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It says so and, much about and, it. And his whole family. Yes. I mean, again, public office, it is both a personal and professional sacrifice. And when I say personal, it, it your family gives up you. You, I mean, they have given their, their father, they've given their husband up to serve this country. 
And, uh, yeah, for them not to be able to be there, you know, uh, certainly is disappointing. But but there'll be other opportunities, obviously. But, but this does, though we won't see Mike as much, Louisiana stands to benefit huge. I think so. You know, and I guess in my Pollyanna, the glasses have full uh, mentality. I hope this brings new attention, renewed attention to the state of Louisiana for business, for companies that might be looking to locate, uh, relocate, and certainly with our new governor, our conservative governor, Jeff Landry, uh, I just, the optimism I have for not only uh, our country, but for our local community is, is just boundless at this point. Well, and, you know, also, Lewis, we have another high-ranking official from Louisiana. The House Majority Leader is also from Louisiana. How incredible is this? Steve Scalise. I know. What's in the water, right? (laughs) Well, it was just just so exciting uh, to watch the entire process yesterday. And uh, like you, I mean, I was just, I was just ecstatic. Yeah, Mike gets like a $50,000 pay increase. I'm expecting a nice Christmas gift this year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Louis, thank and, you. you know, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, I think the reason that Mike's the right guy for the job, not that anyone needs convincing, is that he puts principles over partisanship. And, yes, those principles do align primarily with the Republican Party, but he's going to find a way to reach across the aisle and work together, bring this country together and do what President Biden has been unable to do. And that is unify to bring this country together. And uh, we have a presidential election year coming up. And uh, I guess uh, the next State of the Union address, we uh, will be looking for Mike Johnson to be uh, sitting directly behind the president and um not anyway, not ripping up his thing. speech i don't bet right right oh, unless he wants to commit a felony of course <laughs> which and by the way <laughs> nothing was ever done about yeah, her committing a felony oh so sorry not yet mike not yet old wounds i'm sorry Lewis. yeah right <laughs> Lewis, thank you so much. We appreciate your time and uh, look forward to uh, hearing you and Stephen Parr on American Ground at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Thank you all. Thanks. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. <laughs> I love this message on the Shreveport Security Systems Message Board. Chef Troop says... For those who claim Mike Johnson is unexperienced, please tell me where one would go to gain experience (laughs) since there's only one position for a speaker. Do you go be an intern with Nancy Pelosi? I was kind of dis... I was kind of disappointed last night. Uh, We were talking. I told you my wife came in and uh, I went to bed early last night. I was just worn out Mm -hmm. because I stayed up the night before watching all of the Mike Johnson news about, oh my gosh, he's the speaker designee, you know, Mm -hmm. he's the nominee. And and so um, she came in and she, and I usually like Jesse Waters. I usually, but she said, he goes, Mike Johnson, the speaker. I don't know who this guy, never heard of this guy. And he's from, rolling his eyes, Louisiana? 
Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, come. Uh, wow. But you know what? You know what? They don't know we do. I liked and just they're going watching, to learn. I liked just watching C SPAN. It's just wall to wall coverage. Now they do come in and they have a a moderator who gets calls from Democrats, Republicans, and our friend Robert got on, Robert from Bozier got on on C SPAN yesterday and was talking about Mike. I was like, cool, a Bozier guy. And then the guy asks him, the wow. kind of moderator goes, now, am I saying Bozier right? <laughs> and he went, yep, you sure are. There he you said, go. the world's got to learn how to say Bozier now. Yes, nobody yep. knows how to say Bossier. Uh, Even Howard when President, Cosell, Bossier. When President Gerald Ford came to mm-hmm. town, yep. uh, I think he mispronounced Bozier. Yep, everybody will know it now. Yeah. Bozier, you are on the mark, on the map. That's, uh, a friend of mine just sent me a, a picture, texted me a picture of the Wall Street Journal, a uh, picture of Mike Johnson right there on the front page, and he said, above the fold. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, Mike. So, so My incredible. kickball player. He's my <laughs> kickball guy. That's another story. <laughs> are we, are we going to have to change the way we talk to him now? Oh, absolutely. We're going to have to beat y'all. Yes, we yes. can't call him Mike anymore. Mikey. Mr. Speaker. Mikey. Mikey J. <laughs> <laughs> if we get a chance to talk to him. We I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm working on it. So we'll we'll see. I'm on the list. I texted him yesterday, uh late yesterday, not not during all of the, mm-hmm. you know, but late. And they were probably at dinner. He said he was gonna celebrate with his wife, and I haven't heard back, and I don't expect I didn't no. expect to. I know he's got a new phone because now. Because he probably yeah. hasn't even gotten to it with oh. the the fourth, you know, thousand texts he probably got I want to play Hilo. How many texts did Mike Johnson get yesterday? Yeah. Hilo. Probably 5,000. <laughs> so I don't think he saw mine. Right. <laughs> uh, we're going to speak with uh, Dr. Jeffrey Sato from uh, LSUS coming up after the 8 o'clock news. 101.7 FM, 710 Keo, Mike and McCarty. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Okay, I don't mean to beat a dead chicken. <laughs> oh, no. I don't mean oh, to beat no. a dead chicken. I got a text yesterday oh. afternoon, our conversation where you were, you said uh, you're a uh, you had a post on your Facebook about a poor chicken laying an egg looked like an ostrich egg. Yeah, it was a poor chicken was struggling. And you said your friend goes, oh, the poor girl. And you, and you were like, how does she know it's a girl? Yeah, I was looking for body parts. I didn't see anything. <laughs> I was like, you, 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 roosters don't lay eggs. And we got into that big discussion yesterday, yeah, and it just it just made me laugh. Well, I got I got a text from a a friend of mine. He says, "You may recall I'm a farm boy from Indiana." He mm-hmm. says, "Yes, I knew about the chicken rooster situation. The what Reuben called a, a cloaca is that what cloaca, it is, Reuben? What's, it's what? either cloaca or cloaca. I've okay. heard I've heard it pronounced both ways. Because Reuben grew up in Minden, and they had chicken and uh, chickens and pigs. Pigs, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, my, my friend says that yes, I knew about the chicken rooster situation. Do you think it's worth letting Aaron know that bulls don't birth calves? <laughs> I knew that. I'm not that stupid. Nobody said you're stupid. My <laughs> gosh, no. I heard it. <laughs> I he said I'm you. stupid without saying I'm stupid. I told you I used to think dogs were boys and cats were girls. I just, yeah. <laughs> but what if a no, rooster? But if a root? What if a rooster thinks he's a chicken? 
If he, he, he identifies, identifies as a chicken. We got to take a break. I'm out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Dr. Jeffrey Sato joining us after the news. 8 o'clock, 1017 FM, 710 Key. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Well, unfortunately, we've got some sad news to report as well. Mm Mm-hmm. From Maine, uh, a mass shooting. The suspect apparently is still at at large. He went into a bowling alley and opened fire and also went into a bar, um, like a bar and grill, and opened fire. The death toll we know is at least 16, could be as high as 22, and as many as 60 others hurt. Injured, yeah. Yeah. And the guy, the suspect is identified as 40-year-old Robert Card. Um, he should be considered armed and dangerous. They have told people to shelter in place. Schools have been closed in uh, Lewiston, which is about um, not too far from Portland, Maine. I don't know what motivated this yet. We don't know, you know, if they've found anything to indicate what was going wrong in his life. Um, he had been in mental health treatment previously i'm not sure how long ago they're still learning everything about this but i don't these days when you wake up to something like this those are the days that i think i don't want to do this anymore you know what i mean like i this tragedy think of these families Mm. you're out bowling and with your bowling buddies mm-hmm. or whoever. Right. And somebody comes in and opens fire. Who would ever think a bowling alley would be a target? You wonder why I carry everywhere I go. Yeah. I stopped at uh, one of the convenience stores this morning on the way in. Early. It's early morning. Mm-hmm. Just getting gas. You betcha. I'm I'm covered. Yeah. You betcha. And, I'm, and I don't carry my gun with me. I need to. But I... I do It doesn't watch. do you any good in the home. I know. I mean, unless you're in the home. Right, exactly. I keep it by my bed at night. I mean, I have it handy in case I need it. But I I, I don't like living like that, Mike. I understand. I don't like having to live in a, in a place where I need to have a gun by me because somebody might come in and try to do me harm. And I hate waking up and hearing stories about people that are out living their lives, having fun with their friends, out at a bar and grill, having a drink or a dinner, and some crazy person comes blasting into the business because he's mentally ill, he's deranged, he's violent. I I don't know. Name them all. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating. And then you're going to hear a lot of people go, oh, but if we had gotten rid of the guns, you know, we, he wouldn't have gotten to kill these people. You don't know that. You don't know what this man would have done. No, they're going to find a way. Yes. They're, they're going to, you know, the people They'll that... get an illegal gun. Absolutely. They'll find illegal guns. So, and I don't want to listen to people like that. I don't want to listen to people who say... Oh, if we get guns out of the hands, you know, get them off the streets. No, but well, people that want you, a gun is going to find a gun. Ab- I, and I guarantee you the left is going to politicize this immediately. Yes. 
and, and turn it into a gun control issue. It's mm-hmm. not a gun control issue. It's a heart issue. It's a spiritual issue this country has. It is a mental issue, not a gun control issue. Right. This what guy has, happened? has mental yes. problems. What has happened in this man's life that has prompted him to go to such extremes where he has now claimed the life of as many as 22 people. Yeah. 22 people dead today in the state of Maine where, I mean, devastation. Kids are home from school today and are asking their mom and dad, why do we have the day off? And moms and dads are having to say, because a man walked into a bowling alley and opened fire on people who were bowling. That conversation is just something I can't, I mean, I've never had to have that kind of thing with my, my kids. The only time was 9-11 when, you know, we mm-hmm. had to pick them up early mm-hmm. and had to explain to them what was going on. And they were youngsters. They were first, I think mine were um, first grade and second grade, I think. And, and I just, I hate waking up on days like this. I really do. I just dread it. I don't like talking about it. I don't like seeing it. I don't like having to follow it minute by minute. Have they caught him yet? Is he, you know, what was wrong with him? And then you see this wall-to-wall coverage everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just, oh, it's frustrating. Well, and, you know, it's it's unfortunately not going to get better. No, it's, no. It's not going to get better. Look at the headline. Examining the main mass shooting and red flag gun laws. Here we go. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. And that's on Fox News. Dr. Jeffrey Sato going to join us coming up after the local news top of the hour. Uh, We do have good news uh, for our country out of Washington, D.C. Our very own Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House. We'll talk about that. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Back with more McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keo, Mike and McCarty. I'm kind of proud of you. You're you're still kind of spry after having your wine Wednesday oh, last night. Yeah, I was at We Olive again, and I um, I tried a new wine, and I fell in love with it. So you know what happens when you do that. Oh Lord, and yeah, it was a good night. It was girls' night, so just had some fun with a girlfriend and chatted. And she had just been on a trip to Italy, so I was so jealous. So jealous. You you talk about discovering a new wine. I remember somebody saying something about this the 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 coffee and I you, you may remember Ruben probably knows about what the coffee made out of bat guano. I forget I forget what it's called. Oh, lovely. Um, somebody somebody will know and, and mm. can, can shoot us a text message. But anyway, it's like extremely expensive. Oh my gosh! You know, no. I, you know, hundred bucks a cup or something like this. Wow. It's very, very expensive. And and somebody told a guy he says, uh, "Look, you need to try this." And he goes, "I don't want to try it." Mm-hmm. He goes, 
Why? Because you're afraid of, you know, he goes, no, I'm afraid I'd like it. Right, exactly. I don't want to like something that costs a hundred bucks a cup. No doubt. I don't don't know about the bat guano one, but I know about the civet one. What the heck is that? It's a Kopi Luwak. Maybe that's what I'm thinking what? of. It's I, a civet. It's kind of a cat-looking thing. And maybe that's maybe that's what I'm thinking it eats, of. It eats coffee beans and uh, and then poops out and the beans. Poops out the beans. And then, and they, then, make then they make from coffee. They make coffee with that. Okay, yeah. that's that's okay. Maybe maybe I was going to say Fairgrounds Field. We got a new use. Yeah, <laughs> go get it. Get <laughs> all the guano. Maybe it's not bat guano. It's yeah, civet. What is that? Civet. It's, civet. It's, it's like a. It looks like a weird cat. A little wild cat. Yeah. Okay. How does he? Civic coffee. How does he have the stuff in his brain? <laughs> He's got a cloata and a whatever. <laughs> I don't, we got a you great. You know what a civet is? Come on now. No, yeah. no. You don't raise civets. <laughs> we did get a great message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board about my chicken and rooster problem. Oh, no. And uh, she says, if a rooster identifies as a chicken, I think he's just clucked. Oh, <laughs> Can we edit I all that it. out of the show yeah, and for the network feed? All the chicken talk and all that, please. <laughs> we were talking about the tragedy in Maine, and you know, you know, the left is going to immediately politicize it. Uh, Arthur says, "Yeah, we made drugs illegal and solved that problem, so we can definitely solve shootings by making guns illegal." Oh yeah. <laughs> Works perfectly, doesn't it? I agree with you. Oh, man. Looking forward to talking with Dr. Jeffrey Sato, going to be joining us after the local news, top of the hour. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. One oh one seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, Dr. Jeffrey Sato from LSUS. Dr. Sato, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Hi, guys. Were, were you surprised at all by yesterday's vote? Um, I, I was surprised, uh, you know, maybe not so much at, at the vote, but that it came to that, that uh, Mike Johnson would have a chance to become uh, Speaker of the House. Uh, just uh, you know, a month ago, would you know, this scenario seemed entirely unlikely, but you know, yet uh, yet here we are. You you kind of feel like I do today, Doc. That you're kind of in a dream. M- little old Mike Johnson is mm-hmm. Speaker of the House. Yeah, um, it, it it did seem improbable. I mean, um, um, he was uh, fifth in the hierarchy of uh, in the Republican House, and you know, really one of the the big impediments, uh, or at least what we thought might have been an impediment to his becoming speaker was the fact that Steve Khalees was already the uh, party leader and second-ranked guy in the House. And mm. uh, historically, you've never had a situation where the speaker and a party leader have been one-two in the, in the hierarchy of, of that or the Senate. With the majority leader positions only been around since basically the beginning of the 20th century. But yeah, in 120 years, it's never happened before. And of course, Louisiana is not one of the larger delegations. Only five Republicans there. You, you know, you might figure if something like this was going to happen. It would have, have been in a larger state, Texas or Florida, with uh, dozens uh, uh, of uh, Republicans to choose from. But no, it's uh, Louisiana. So, so yeah, it that uh, was a, a history in, in uh, made in yet another way. What does Mike need to brace for now? 
Well, I mean, uh, he's got to be able to hold a, a, a somewhat fractious uh, conference together. Republicans just have that very narrow majority in the House, and that's what sunk uh, Kevin McCarthy as, as speaker. You only need a few to uh, to, to become disenchanted, and, and then things are up for grabs, apparently. So uh, he's going to have to be able to hold all that together. And, that, and again, since that majority is so small, it's just, you know, practically everybody has got to be on board for uh, the major decisions or, you know, who knows what could happen. Well, you say that we look at the votes for the past nominees, Jim Jordan, every time they had a new vote, his numbers went down. Uh, finally, on yesterday morning, uh, it was fascinating to me to see 220 Republicans all saying Mike Johnson. What does that what does that speak of? Yeah, unanimity there. Um, well, you know, the, the thing is that uh, Johnson was kind of the Goldilocks candidate. He was he was just right for the for the circumstances. I mean, you had uh, in the, in the previous uh, several that went through it. There was always something wrong with him. I mean, with, uh, with Scalise, you know, maybe you know, fairly fairly conservative, but of course he had been an integral part of the leadership uh, with which uh, a few were disenchanted. So. That seemed to scuttle him, and then you looked at, say, um, Jim Jordan, and uh, for some moderates, he was just too much. Uh, you look at uh, uh, Emmer, and um, you know, being head of the campaign committee kind of has to make everybody happy doing that, and uh, that it, it had one of the more moderate voting records, and that was too much for <laughs> a few others. So uh, Johnson, who had a, has a pretty conservative voting record, not maybe perfectly so, part of the leadership, uh, but... Uh, it was apparently just enough on both sides to be able to, to make everybody happy. Well, the other side of the aisle did bring up the fact that he tried to author legislation to decertify the election. Uh, that was one strike uh, uh, against him. It didn't it didn't hold any water with the Republicans, though. Yeah, well, no, because you know when you when you have uh, well over half the conference uh, basically signing on to a similar effort. Uh, and then, I mean, you know, yeah, if you're a Democrat, that might be a problem, but certainly not within the Republican conference, that wasn't a problem. Dr. Jeff Sato, I wanted to ask you this. Was the the 220 vote, was it kind of a, you know, we got to move on. We got to, you know, let's let's all come together. Let's move on. This has been crazy. And he happened to be the next in line. Is it kind of part of that too? Um, kind of, uh, you know, also in the sense that, uh, even though he was um, vice chairman of of the of the conference, uh, he still you know was relatively out of the spotlight. Didn't uh, you know wasn't really uh, part of high profile battles within the party for uh, for policy making. So he didn't, in a sense, he didn't carry that baggage with him uh, either. So that made him an easier choice than some of the other people who had preceded him. Uh, and uh, so it kind of was the right place and the right time in that sense. It was, it was disappointing to me. I, I watched the proceedings live. Um, the division that's, that's in the House, I mean, the entire side of the House would respond and the other side sat there on their hands, and that's both sides of the House. I was really disappointed. I wasn't surprised. But I was very disappointed in Hakeem Jeffries' introduction of Mike and his moment that he could have brought unity to the House, and he chose to author more division. 
Yeah, certainly, you know, great contrast to to Johnson's uh, approach uh, when uh, discussing his uh, the, the other party. Well, it, you know, this is just kind of a an artifact of, of where Congress has has gone. Uh, Forty years ago, um, you would have a number of people or Democrats that would, uh, in some ways, vote more like Republicans, and maybe to a little lesser extent, vice versa, uh, with uh, Republicans kind of voting like Democrats. But today, you you look at uh, just like a statistic, like party line votes, where you have uh, votes that are at least ninety ten. Uh, split between the two parties, and uh, that percentage of, uh, of votes have gone up dramatically. You look at its uh, voting scorecards, and there's almost no overlap, uh, in, in, uh, meaning that you have uh, very few Democrats that uh, vote uh, more often like Republicans and vice versa. It used to be far more common decades ago. So when you have such polarization that's going on between the two parties, uh, you know, you tend to get uh, those kinds of reactions. Dr. Sato, let me ask you a question real quick. Did mm-hmm. you um, did you hear any little nuggets or tidbits during the, pers- the the whole proceeding that stood out to you that you might be discussing with your students? Um, yeah, well, uh, certainly, kind of the dynamics of of, of what it takes to, to to come to leadership uh, in in the chambers now. You know, again, this this apparently very fine uh, balancing act that that has to occur, and 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 you know certainly kind of the erosion of a lot of the norms that had existed in uh, in, in how Congress operates. You know, one of the most interesting things I find is that uh, Johnson it comes to the job with less experience than anybody since 1891. He's only been there four terms and uh, 10 months, uh, more or less. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, typically until very recently, speakers have had very long tenures uh, in the House, and, and now that norm seems to have, you know, and even looking at the candidates uh, for the job, um, a number of them were, you know, more junior in, in terms of tenure there. So you know, I think that's kind of fascinating how that's that's changed over time. We got a message this morning that uh, Sheriff Whittington sent um, deputies to Congressman Johnson's home to provide security for his family until the Secret Service could arrive. Yeah. His, his family's now going to be protected by the Secret Service because he's, he's the third, third, in line. third in line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know <laughs> until yesterday, I guess, you know, he'd usually be running around the halls of Congress with, you know, maybe a staffer or two, but now he's going to have a full-blown security detail um, tailing him wherever he goes. Will so. they go? Will they go with his children to school? Well, I don't. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure about that. But uh, no, certainly he's going to have a. Uh, you know, wherever he goes now, he's going to have uh, that. You know, he's going to have that presence there. Wow, that's that, just simply incredible. That is incredible. We and Louisiana loses a little bit in this because we won't see him as much, right? Uh, well. Yeah, pro- probably not, but uh, I, I, I think, you know, you look at a number of other benefits uh, and, uh, you know, interesting things that even trickle down to other areas of, of state politics. Um, you know, they're, I, I think probably the state, and particularly the 4th District, is uh, mm-hmm. is better off, let's Absolutely, say. no doubt. Well, it's exciting news. It's an, an exciting time in uh, specifically Louisiana history. Mm-hmm. Two so, major yeah, positions, so. both from Louisiana, 
the House Speaker and the Majority Leader. That's, that's unprecedented. Very cool. Thank you for talking with us, Dr. Sato. We appreciate your time. Sure. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarthy. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. I remember asking a while back the uh, this the fountains down on the riverfront. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to have the things that shot up out of the ground. Yep, you spray know, park. The yeah. spray park and kids could play and, and it hasn't worked for years. It hasn't. Uh, Shelly Regal, when we asked her about it a while back, she's like, yeah, the pumps are so expensive. Mm-hmm. And they, and they get damaged by the floods. <laughs> so ironic. It, it, How ironic is that? It was fruitless to repair it because, you know, two more years. When the river ago, came up. Yeah, it would yeah. flood it again. And there's two separate spray parks down there, by the way. I mean, they're next to each other, but they're real close. But um, they are working now on getting them turned back on. Because, the, I guess, new technology and it's progressed. The pumps uh, are now affordable. They are. Well, it's expensive to fix this. Well, I it's mean, gonna it's be, better yeah, than it was. Right. It's going to be nine hundred grand to fix it. But the, the technology will keep it from out from under the ground where it's dam- damaged by floods. Mm-hmm. So now you won't have that issue every time it floods that it'll get flooded again. Yeah, but wait and, a minute. Are you going to be able to go down there and enjoy it? I'm going to need you, a pardon. Because I I'm, think Cedric Glover, when he was mayor, banned you. He did. He because did. Because you made a mistake on the air and actually I, admitted what you did? Yeah. Well, this was before they built the bathrooms down there on the riverfront. <laughs> I'm going to leave know. it at that. I don't even want to know. You don't want to know? But how do you put a spray park in? Do you stand there with your legs apart and... No. <laughs> No, I did not do that. Do I look like somebody that would do that? But as soon as Cedric found out that that accident happened and I didn't have my Depends on, he banned me from the Sprague Park. He said, you're now forever banned from the Sprague. So I'm going to need a Tom Arsenault pardon. To be able to enjoy the Sprague Park. Commutation of my sentence, something, and so that I can enjoy the Sprague Park. They're going to start the work, hopefully, First of the year, it's a four-month project, so we're hoping May, June. By the spring, May, yeah. Maybe spring by summer. Summertime. We'll have, that new, have that feature back So open. I'm going to start the paperwork now for my pardon <laughs> so that I can go enjoy the spray park. And there's a bathroom down there now, so I know, I know what to do. Well, good luck with that because <laughs> I want you to be able to enjoy it. Ruben, we're going to have to edit this segment out too, please. I'm also voting against lifting your ban, so Are you? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ruben, you're dead to me. Louis R. Avalone <laughs> from American Ground Radio, also uh, the Cato Parish Republican Party, joining us uh, coming up at 840 with exciting news about our speaker. 101.7 FM, 710K. More breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Look at that. I'm looking at Mike Johnson's office. Overlooking the Washington Monument. Yeah, his, he's got a balcony in his office. Look at this, Mike. This is incredible. Wow. Oh, my I just my can't gosh. believe. I can't, I can't believe. It's surreal. It is surreal. Unbelievable. 
And he's tweeting out pictures from his balcony. And I'm like, balcony, oh. big deal. We have windows that overlook I-20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who needs, who needs a view of oh. Washington and the Washington <laughs> Monument? When we can look out and see I-20 and, and lawyer, lawyer billboards. Quick, quick Mike Johnson story, because I know we're going to play Louis Avalone. Um, and I don't know that I've told this on the air yet. When Mike first got elected, um, he, he was on the air with us and, and um, talked about our... And know, first elected to Congress. For, to Congress, yeah. yeah, whatever it was, eight, seven, eight years ago. He, he said longer than... How long has it been? I don't even know. I can't keep to, up. In 2016, I think, was yeah, 2016 so or so. Yeah, yes, seven, eight years. So he, I said, well, where are you going to move? You move into Washington? What, you know, what's your plan? And he goes, oh, I can't afford that. I've got, you know, I've got to maintain the house here and it's real expensive there. I said, well, what are you going to do? And he said, well, I'm going to sleep in my office. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, I'll put a little couch or something in my office. And, you know, a freshman, freshman gets a tiny little office. Right, yeah. I said, so you're going to sleep in your office? And he said, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to afford to, you know, to buy a place or rent a place. Now, I think he later did, obviously, but for his first while in Washington, he was sleeping in his office. Boy, is that a different office today, folks. <laughs> his balcony is bigger than his office was. Oh, no doubt. He has a crowd of 25 people on his balcony. They were there yesterday, and they got, and he toured them through the office. I'm like, man. So exciting. Well, you have to go visit him now. I'm just going to have yeah. to go. I got to see these digs, Mike. I got to check them out. Right. Mm, incredible. You got to come see our new digs, too, Mike. He does. We got a brand new studio for you. He might not be listening this morning. Louis R. Avalone is. Uh, he talked to us about this exciting news, and we'll hear from him next. Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel app. Big Stories of the Day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM, seven ten Kiel, Mike and McCarty. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, joining us this morning from American Ground Radio, but also the uh, Cato Parish Republican Party Chairman, Louis R. Avalone. Good morning, Louis. Hey, good morning, Mike. What an exciting day. What an exciting yes, day. I, the uh, first Speaker of the House ever to be elected from the state of Louisiana. Mm. I, I don't know about you, but I watched the proceedings live every single vote Uh yesterday morning and uh, all the way through to him swearing being sworn in and his acceptance speech it was just it was just amazing it, it certainly was I, I did too and uh, his remarks uh, afterward I thought that is a statesman but this is what we know about Mike right I mean we we have known that about him for years about his faith, about his commitment to his family and to his constituents. And so many have called him friend. And today we are honored to also call him Speaker of the House. Lewis, let me ask you a question that I'm more, I, I, a friend is, I consider Mike a friend and I have a concern. I, does he have thick enough skin? I mean, does he know what's coming? Obviously he has to, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, and, and I think his faith certainly grounds him but i think again in that position i don't care who you are 
regardless of the number of years that you have had in political office, mm-hmm. that is a daunting, unbelievable weight upon you. And it is, you're learning as you are going along. And if you don't know who you are, and that's what is so absolutely beautiful about Mike Johnson, he knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And so I think to the extent that he might be tempted or otherwise pressured uh, to do what many of us, uh, you know, would hope he wouldn't, uh, I, I don't have any concerns whatsoever there. Uh, Lewis, you mentioned a moment ago, Mike, being a man of faith. And it's one of the things that I, I love about him. I, and I was talking to my wife yesterday. I said, this was, when you look at the vote and you look at the chaos that has ensued for the past two weeks, this was a God thing. There was, not, there was not one dissenting vote. The, the show of unity that came together, 220 Republican votes, all for Mike Johnson. You, this is only can be attributed to God saying, this is the man I want right here, right now. And I know there's a lot of folks listening. They're probably saying, oh, right, of course. No, this is politics. No, I, I believe as you do, Mike. This is a a God ordained, absolutely appointment of Mike Johnson. God has blessed America again, and I know many people may say that's hyperbole. However, the chances of Mike Johnson becoming Speaker <laughs> of the House, yes, not following the conventional path of mm. fundraising for twenty years and you know, kissing everyone's you-know-what in order to get where he is, he is beholden to no one. And that gives me great hope, not just for the, for the Congress, but for our country. How does, how does his life change now? I mean, I, I assume uh, he doesn't get to come back to Louisiana very much any, anymore. He's going to be busy pretty much year-round, huh? I think both for, both for him and his family. You know, I was texting with him over the weekend and, you know, when yesterday I was thinking to myself, well, that's probably not going to happen again for a very long time yep. uh, because it's not just the rest of the country, you know, all of the other states in our in our nation. But you're talking about countries now all around the world who are going to be reaching out to the number three man in, in our, our country mm-hmm. for his opinion for a statement for an interview so uh you know calling him up and listening to him on mike and mccarty uh, <laughs> it will happen of course every now and then uh, we hope it, still yeah absolutely but uh anyway just terribly excited and if you have any doubt that mike johnson was the right guy that this was a a god thing just look at who he has upset, who it has upset that he is speaker. Look at Mitt Romney, who, you know, said, you know, apparently experience isn't necessary for the speaker job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of guy you want to irritate uh, with an, with a uh, speakership like that, because that means you're, you're right over the target. That means you're right on target. We'll be telling Mike Johnson stories later this morning, because I have a good one later, but I want to ask you something that just rang so true to me. When they're swearing him in, he says, 
You know, he wanted to thank his wife, Kelly. He said she couldn't be. Listen to what he said. I know y'all heard it. Yes. She couldn't be here today because she couldn't get a flight. Do you know what most politicians would have done yesterday? They would have rang up everybody they knew and said, get my wife on a private flight now. Or called the Air Force and said, said get her up her here. in. Get her here. Mike didn't pull those strings. He didn't ensure that Kelly would be there. He just said she couldn't get a flight. That, to me, tells me everything I want to know about the Mike Johnson. The humility of the man. Yeah. Yes. His wife missed the, the biggest moment of his life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It says so and, much and, about and, it. And his whole family. Yes. I mean, it, again, public office, it is both a personal and professional sacrifice. And when I say personal, it, it your family gives up you. You, I mean, they have given their their father, they've given their husband up to serve this country. And, uh, yeah, for them not to be able to be there, you know, uh, certainly is disappointing. But, but there will be other opportunities, obviously. But, but this does, though we won't see Mike as much, Louisiana stands to benefit huge. I think so. You know, and I guess in my Pollyanna, the glasses have full uh, mentality. I hope this brings new attention, renewed attention to the state of Louisiana for business, for companies that might be looking to locate, uh, relocate, and certainly with our new governor, our conservative governor, Jeff Landry, uh, I just, the optimism I have for not only uh, our country, but for our local community is is just boundless at this point. Well, and you know, also, Lewis, we have another high-ranking official from Louisiana. The House Majority Leader is also from Louisiana. How incredible Absolutely. is this? Steve Scalise. I know, Scalise. what's in the water, right? <laughs> well, it was, just, it was just so exciting uh, to watch the entire process yesterday. And uh, like you, I mean, I was just... I was just ecstatic. Yeah, Mike gets like a $50,000 pay increase. I'm expecting a nice Christmas gift this year. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Louis, thank and you. you know, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, I think the reason that Mike's the right guy for the job, not that anyone needs convincing, is that he puts principles over partisanship. And yes, those principles do align primarily with the Republican Party, but he's going to find a way to reach across the aisle and work together, bring this country together and do what President Biden has been unable to do, and that is unify to bring this country together. And uh, we have a presidential election year coming up, and uh, I guess uh, the next State of the Union address, we uh, will be looking for Mike Johnson to be uh, sitting directly behind the president and um not anyway, not ripping up his thing. speech i don't bet right right oh, unless he wants to commit a felony of course <laughs> which and by <laughs> the way nothing was ever done about yeah, her committing a felony oh i'm sorry not yet mike not yet old wounds i'm sorry Lewis. yeah right <laughs> Lewis. thank you so much we appreciate your time and uh look forward to uh hearing you and stephen parr on american ground at five o'clock this afternoon Thank y'all. Have a great day. Mm -hmm. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. 
back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Seven ten keel. Ruben's got a problem with the switch in there. Was that me? I don't know what was going on. You're, you were <laughs> out of programming though, so I had to fix it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're still getting used to our new room. I know it's awesome. It's like it's like piloting a, a rocket ship. It's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. It really is awesome. Got uh, some comments made yesterday from former President Donald Trump after the House elected our own Mike Johnson. As speaker, check this out. I just want to congratulate Mike Johnson. He will be a great speaker of the house, and we were very happy to help. I've known him for a long time. He's a tremendous leader. He's a tremendous man. Comes from a wonderful place, Louisiana. He is going to be. Uh, he's going to make us all proud. So at this time yesterday, nobody was thinking of Mike. And then we put out the word, and now he's the Speaker of the House. So I want to just uh, thank all of the supporters that I have, and I want to thank all of the supporters that Mike has. And again, he'll be a great speaker. I think he's going to be very proud of him. We are proud of him. At least he, he knew he was from Louisiana. Yes. Unlike yeah. a lot of the media who can't <laughs> seem to find, find us. When does he get his first meeting with Biden? Does that happen pretty quickly, I bet? I would think. Yeah. I would, I would bet. Think. I would bet it's pretty quick. And he's adjusting to his new digs. He's got an incredible office that they just redid, I'm told. They just redid the Speaker's office. So um, he's got this huge balcony overlooking the Washington Monument. I mean, you know, Pelosi just- was in that office even after Speaker. Kevin McCarthy, she had a, she had a, it, I think it was that office, but she had a really large office. And McCarthy mm-hmm. came in and goes, uh, not anymore. Yeah, but I think Mike kept his office in the Cannon Building too, just just uh, so that he has that in case there are some changes or whatever. Because I guess he liked that office too. I'm not sure. And he's like, if I if something were to happen, I guess I'll go back to that one. But <laughs> but you know, we we got a post on the Shreveport Security Systems message board that w- that was interesting to me because it's something I hadn't even thought of. Uh, but. Uh, Bossier Parish Sheriff Julian Whittington sent deputies as soon as it was apparent that Mike was going to be elected, mm-hmm. uh, sent deputies to his home in Bossier Parish. That's what folks are saying. Yeah. Until Secret Service arrived. Wow. Wow. I, that didn't even dawn on me, but he's third in line in power. Yeah. Can you imagine being Kelly and you're, you're realizing <laughs> my husband's... It's- Third in line now we to gotta, be the leader of the free world. Right. We, we got another post that said, um, isn't he second in line since the president already has the job? First in line is VP, then speaker second. Yes, but he's third in position. Right, right. He's he, third in line. Two people would have in to the line. kick he's it. He's third. Two people would have to kick it before right. he... And um, that was pretty crude how I put that. Two people would have to... Uh, Trey Mort. Ruben says, shut up. Okay, sorry. Thank you. (laughs) Congratulations, Mike. We love you. 1017 FM, 710 Keel.